Although we both identify as Roman Catholic, our aim is not to convert or convince. We have no official affiliation with any religious body and present here only our own interpretations and opinions of these stories. We understand and expect that some listeners may not have spiritual belief in certain aspects of these events, but we hope you find value in them as historical narratives which are inextricably tied to the times, places, cultures, and spiritual beliefs of the people who lived and retold them. Due to age and variable documentation practices, we cannot guarantee the historical accuracy of these stories. And welcome to A Martyr and a Monk. That's Victoria. And that's Christina. Today we are going to talk about St. Veronica. But before we do St. Veronica, we just want to let everyone know that uh, so today is a normal episode. And then the next episode, two weeks from now, will be a special mini episode thing. Uh, we're going to talk about the uh, very sketchy holy relic water that Christina has and the Trappist ale that I got uh, and talk about some other sort of canony law stuff that's not specific to any saint yeah uh, so that's what we'll be doing uh two weeks from now just a fun little mini episode but today saint veronica okay you ready yes i feel like i should know more about her going in but i can't think of anything other than it seems familiar <laughs> that's okay so that's kind of what i thought i kind of picked her because I wanted to do someone sort of short and easy, mm-hmm. uh, and then this spiraled a little bit. <laughs> so, um, okay, all right, here we go. Yep, Saint Veronica. The reason you probably recognize her is because of like Veronica wiping Jesus's face oh. on his way to the hill for yeah. his crucifixion. Like that is what she's okay. That's her thing. Yeah. Um. So. She's obviously a very old-timey saint because she was alive when Jesus was alive. Yes. So <laughs> they don't really know anything about her uh-huh. at all. So birth date, unknown. Well, so basically she's like a story, right? Uh, like yes. you don't... Yeah. Kind of. Because she was, she's just like that story in the Bible. Well, kind of. But like okay. St. Peter is like, he's a person, right? Like he was in the Bible and he was, knew Jesus, but also he is yeah. a historical real person uh so saint veronica birth date unknown i mean you know presumably she was in her you know middle age when she met jesus which means she'd be born you know right around the year zero but you know who knows yeah uh presumably she was born in palestine and or jerusalem because that's where she met jesus so presumably she was where she lived right most Don't people know. were, so... <laughs> yep, people yeah. didn't go places, so presumably she's from Jerusalem. Yeah. Uh, early life, nothing. Um, she just was born and then jumped straight to Jesus, basically. <laughs> okay, so, as I said, traditionally, St. Veronica is this woman who is sort of lining the streets uh, with the crowds when Jesus is walking uh, from his 
conviction basically up to Calvary Hill dragging the cross, right? Right before yeah. he gets crucified. Uh, and she is standing there watching and she is overcome with compassion and empathy for him and his suffering. And she takes the veil off of her head and wipes his face, right? The sweat and the blood and stuff off of his face. And traditionally in the story, his face kind of like leaves an impression on her veil, like a permanent yes. shadow of his face, um, which is like what people know of St. Veronica. Mm-hmm. Good and fine. Okay, so this is why I thought it would be, like, pretty straightforward, right? Like, she did this thing in the Bible, but no one knows anything about this lady, so it's just, like, some right. weird old-timey woman. Yeah. But I just – I didn't know this, even though I've definitely read these things before. She does not appear in the Bible. Doesn't happen in the Bible. Not in any of the Gospels is this woman even mentioned. Hmm. the look on your face is exactly how i felt about it and i was like are you sure and i'm like went and looked up a bunch of like copies of the bible online absolutely true does not appear in the bible but she's in she's in mass readings she's a station of the cross yes she's the sixth station of the station of the cross she is not in the bible so that, yeah, it's like just from right off the bat, I was like, this is going to be super easy. And she did this, did this thing. And it's like a weird, fun story that everyone's heard of. And it'll be easy and simple. And then they're like, this woman does not appear in the Bible. And I was like, no, <laughs> not allowed. Mm. So now, then I was just like very confused. And I was like, well, then what the hell is this? Yeah. Where did this come from then? If it's not, <laughs> if in, the she's Bible? not in the Bible, then who is this person? Huh. Uh, okay. So basically there's two... I mean, there's lots of explanations of where this story came from, but there's kind of two popular main ones. Mm-hmm. First popular main one is that in Luke's gospel, there is a separate story, like not from the passion, just like separate later, other time, of a woman who has so much faith that basically just touching the hem of Jesus's robe is enough to heal her. Yes, I remember that one. Yes. So that story does appear in Luke. Yes. Um... And then there is an apocryphal gospel called the Gospel of uh, Nicodemus, and also it's sometimes called the Acts of uh, Pilate, that also has the story of the woman who touches Jesus's cloak, except in Nicodemus's version, she has a name, and her name is uh, Berenica, with a B. Oh, yeah. And they think that basically just, it got, Berenica is not different that different from Veronica. Yeah. And it just, like, you know. Uh, so quickly, I think we've probably mentioned the Apocrypha sort of in passing before, but uh-huh. uh, if anyone doesn't know, the Apocrypha are – so in the early church, there was a lot of writings. There was the Jewish Bible, and there were all these versions, and there were various writings by various people in the first, like, 200, 200 300 years yeah. of, you know, Paul's letters and Peter's letters and various yeah. Pope's writings about all this stuff. And there's just a lot of shit. And then they, somebody sat down at some point and trying to decide what was going to be canon yes. and real stuff they were going to use. So they just cut a bunch of stuff out for various reasons. Right. Uh, and all of that stuff is called the Apocrypha. Okay. It's just all the other stuff that's not technically canon. Right. It's apocryphal. Yes. So the interesting thing about Apocrypha is that like you, like that word you just used, apocryphal, makes it yeah. sound like not real, like fake, kind of. Like it gives it kind of a this isn't real, ignore it vibe. So if somebody said something that like, oh, this story is apocryphal, usually today what they would mean is there's no evidence that this right. 
happened. But that's not exactly what Apocrypha in this sense means, because all of this stuff is real. Like it definitely, you know, museums have it. You know, it exists somewhere and it's real and it's written by real people who are real theologians and real philosophers and who really lived and did stuff. Yeah. Um, And then just for whatever reason, they didn't put it in the Bible. Yeah. But even though it's not in the Bible, a lot of this apocryphal stuff is still like a major resource for theologians and historians. And right. Yeah. Like they still use it for stuff. It's just not yeah. in the Bible. Right. So people still, it's not like it's untrue and they don't trust it. Like they still, if yeah. it appears in the Apocrypha, it's like, yeah, that, that could be real. It's just not part of like the main story. Yeah. It's just not the main stuff. And occasionally still- there is stuff in the Apocrypha that is contradictory to the main stuff but there's also just a lot of stuff in the apocrypha that just doesn't appear at all in the main stuff so wait it's not contradictory it's just not like official is apocrypha not technically canon or is it canon it's just not included in not canon um but it's kind of it's not canon in the sense that canon is the stuff that everyone has decided is true and real right Whereas Apocrypha might be true and real, they just haven't put it on, like, the official list. Okay. So it being apocryphal does not mean that it's not real. someone yeah. has actively said this didn't happen. They're still real documents. Is, <laughs> yes. So. so this Gospel of Nicodemus is an apocryphal gospel okay. written at, like, the same similar kind of time by the yeah. same kind of people as the you know the gospels we know right um and just for whatever reason it didn't end up in the bible um and he calls this woman berenica okay but she doesn't she doesn't wipe his face she just touches the hem and yeah she just touches she's the woman who just touches him and is healed right um so then so that happens in you know right you know first couple hundred years after jesus's death is when that happens and that's written and it becomes the apocrypha and whatever and then in the 11th century it seems um, that story gets kind of elaborated into she didn't just touch him, but she like like he put his face in her clothing somehow yeah. and got the like impression yeah. um, on her veil. So that doesn't get added until the 11th century, they think. That's uh, very much later. The, yes, it is like a thousand years later, very yeah. much later. Uh, and then in around the year 1380, they it seems like somebody started to associate this story with the passion. Like, it didn't just happen some random time. It specifically happened on his route to Calvary Hill. So 14th century, 1380-ish is when you kind of get the thing that, like, you and me, and I think a lot of Catholics probably think of, like, this is what St. Veronica did, right? She did this thing at the Passion. 1380 is when that, like, really starts to appear. So, okay, wait. To clarify, so the story of the woman touching the hem and getting healed that is also actually in the bible but there that is, is actually another, in the yes the real bible yeah there bible. is another story that specifically names her as veronica well it's the same the story yeah there, it's the it's same just, story yeah it's in an apocryphal version and he calls her he calls veronica. her veronica which is where we think we got the name from but just to be yes. clear like that story is in the bible it is <laughs> so in the bible yes that just story the name is part isn't apocryphal. in the bible yes. yes so it's yes it's very confusing yeah but, like the story is in the bible but not her name for this yes. part of it and then none of the station of the cross part of it right. is in the bible <laughs> and also confusing. so this is this is where we get the shroud of turin right no the shroud of turin no, is the shroud of turin is different kidding. yeah it's the burial just kidding uh, okay, so they think also around 1380 when this story gets linked to the Passion is also around when the time that the Stations of the Cross as like a set of prayers is being formalized. Okay. Um, and that's how it ends up in the Stations of the Cross because it kind of yes. all happens 
kind of the same time. Uh, so she is in the Stations of the Cross for not just Catholics, but also Anglicans, Lutherans, Western Orthodox, and Methodist people today. She's station number six. I did not realize that other people did the Stations of the Cross. <laughs> Me neither. Apparently they do. <laughs> Apparently some of them do. <laughs> so that's the first theory of where this story comes from, is that it's sort of a bastardization of this woman touching his cloak. Okay. And Veronica, which yes. is a Macedon- an ancient Macedonian name. Macedonia is like ancient Greece, so it's like, right. that seems reasonable. Yep. Okay. May- second main option of where people think that this story maybe came from is that at some point in history, a relic started to appear of a cloth that supposedly has Jesus's face on it. Yes. Like rather than having the story and then the relic, it was like they had the, the relic. relic and they were trying to figure out where the relic came from. Yeah. Well, also, it kind of makes sense because like if you think about, okay, the people who wrote the Bible are all people who like, ex- there are various writings and stuff of people who were there or heard stories from other people, right? Mm-hmm. But in this case, like on this walk to Calvary Hill, like it's quite possible that nobody of importance saw her do this, right? Yeah, I mean, there could have been hundreds of people who have been walking right. through a crowd of hundreds, hundreds and of yelling people. at him and pushing him, and you wouldn't notice one random woman doing one random thing. Yeah, yeah if nobody, like, who also sympathized saw that and then told somebody else, like, very easily, like, there's probably many, 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 many situations like that that happened that aren't recorded just because nobody told somebody who was writing stuff down, like. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's, okay. yeah, it's just like this weird thing that they can't. Okay, so option two, they have this relic that has appeared, and they're Uh like, where did this thing come from? Right. Okay, so in Latin, the word for this relic, uh, the word for it means true image, as in like, this is a true image of Jesus. Yeah. And the word, the Latin word for true image is vera icon. Vera as in like, yeah, vera true and icon like image. Yeah. And they think that maybe... This relic appears, everyone's calling it a Vera icon. Mm-hmm. And then people are like, oh, you mean it came from Vera icona, Veronica. It must be associated with a person named Veronica. That's it one hell it of a just, confusion. It's, yeah, it's not that. It's just that people are speaking a language that other people don't totally understand and they get confused and they think that they're not saying that this is a true image of jesus they're saying this relic came from veronica or is that like coming from writings that people then don't translate correctly later no they think it was it seems like they think it happened out loud okay Hmm. like because i mean obviously there's a lot of people with speaking a lot of different languages interacting in sort of early church stuff and people just don't understand what you're talking about right yeah Yeah. (laughs) so yeah, they think that maybe she's basically entirely made up because people thought that they were saying that there was a woman named Veronica. And then people are like, well, what did Veronica do? And, and they're the like who, this. And they're and like, the people, what? <laughs> yeah, and they're like, oh, okay. okay. And neither side realizes that the other side is misunderstanding. Yeah, yeah neither yeah. side understands that the other people don't understand. Yeah. Uh, uh, so that's, yeah. So... That seems like a stretch. Wait, so these are like two different theories about how this happened? These yeah, these are the two these are the two main theories of where this story comes from because okay. it's you know, there's no evidence that it actually happened. So basically like both of them could be theories of how this happened like at the same time because in the first one it's yeah, just they're not that necessarily exclusive, yeah. Yeah. Cuz the first one you said that it's just like the first time this starts getting added. 
but you don't know why it gets added. Like, it's not just yeah. somebody making stuff up and adding it to the Stations of the Cross. It came from somewhere. Yeah, it could be that So at the same time that people are starting to think that Vera Icon means a person named Veronica, yeah. they're also hearing this story about Berenica, and they're like, well, those must be the same, same person, person because it's the same name. Yeah. Okay. And they're not actually the same person. Yeah. They're just two separate people. Well, one of well, them is not even a person. It's just a mistranslation. But like they could be separate, completely separate, but right. they could also both be happening simultaneously and just making everything more confusing than it was before. Okay. <laughs> Do we know anything about the veracity of a relic like this? Okay, so now, yeah, that's what we're going to do next. So this okay. is the thought, this is the part that I, like, it just expanded. And I thought it was going to be easy and straightforward, and then it just continued. <laughs> um, <laughs> so then I was like, okay, well, like, if people have a relic that they're calling Vera Icon, that means that at some point there was a thing, right? Somebody yeah. had a physical object. Yeah, theoretically. Uh, at least theoretically was yeah. touched Jesus. So it's like, okay. Um... So, this veil yes. supposedly has a print of Jesus' face. Yes. Uh, as a relic, it is known as the Veil of Veronica. Uh, okay. Sometimes it's also called a vernicle, which is like old-timey word for I hate that kind word. of veils. Yeah, I do too. I'm not going to call it that. Um, it's also <laughs> called a sudari- the sudarium sometimes. Hmm. Um, and then sometimes people just call it Veronica. Like That's not awkward. even Veil of Veronica. I know, it just makes everything more confusing. Yeah. Uh, I think them calling it Veronica comes from calling it Vera Icon in oh, Latin. Yeah. And the fact God. that it sounds like a woman's name is a complete coincidence. Good lord. Not, okay. Yeah, I know. It's very yep. confusing. I'm just going to call it the Veil. Uh, and it this Veil is an Acaropoeta? Acaropoeta, maybe? Hmm. Uh, which is a old-timey word. It means an icon made without hands, so specifically an oh, icon that yeah. has been, like, um, divinely created. Yeah, you know? it's not like the icons we think of now that are, like, painted. Like, yeah, it's not a painting, and it's yeah. also not, like, naturally occurring. It's specifically that yeah. God was like, you need an icon. Okay. Snaps his fingers, you have an icon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's this, there's a whole class, like, this is a class of relics, and there's lots of relics that fall into this class, and it's yeah. just one. This veil is one of them. Okay. Okay, so the story of this veil is that Veronica gets it from Jesus. However, she gets it from Jesus. Uh-huh. <laughs> she has it now. Uh, and she has it, she like has it for herself for a while. Um, and then at some point in her lifetime, she travels to Rome from presumably Jerusalem and gifts it to the Roman emperor Tiberius. Um, and she does that. She does that supposedly because the veil has like magical healing powers. Okay. And people who touch it and pray over it and stuff have been cured of injuries. Uh, it like quenches hunger and thirst for people who are yeah. starving. And it has been known to resurrect the dead, they Good say. God. That's very yeah. much like a, the combination of the, the other story where she touches it and is healed. Yes, it yeah. does seem, yeah, it does. Because Veronica, yeah. like Stations of the Cross, Veronica has no healing. Right. That's not yeah. related to her at all. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so she's got this fancy times veil and she gifts it to the Emperor Tiberius. Okay. Um, okay. So from there, if that happened at all. Yes. You know, maybe. Right. Um, the next time it kind of appears in history is that there's a uh, 
so the St. Peter's Basilica that exists in the Vatican now yes. is like the fifth iteration. It's like the fifth building in the same place. And they've right. all been called St. Peter's Basilica because every time it gets old and falls apart, they rip it down and build a new one. Yeah. Uh, so one of the old versions of St. Peter's, not the one that stands now. Okay. Um, in the early 8th century, so the early 700s, uh-huh. uh, they built a chapel on that old version of the Basilica and called it the Veronica Chapel. And people think that maybe they called it that because it was built specifically to house this veil. To hold the thing. Yeah. Mm, Yes. They're like, well, maybe, so maybe this is proof that the Vatican had it in the 8th century. Mm -hmm. But like, it's kind of wibbly. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe they just named it after Veronica. Yeah. But like, why, like, why Veronica otherwise, you know? Yeah. And especially if she's not in the Bible. So that's a yeah. good point. So like, uh, why <laughs> would you do that unless you yeah. had like a it's weird. very fancy thing? Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's in the right. early 700s. Um, and then in incredible. 1011, mm-hmm. um, they have sort of like administrative records from the Vatican that has a list of like all the Vatican employees and what their jobs were. Oh, wow. Just how progressive. And, <laughs> yes. And there's a person on this list who is listed as the keeper of Veronica's cloth. That's some so pretty like, good evidence. I'm not gonna so lie. So it seems like they have something that they think <laughs> that is they think is Veronica's the veil of cloth. Veronica. That they're at least uh, treating in, as it. Yes. So like <laughs> so that's, that's pretty in, good evidence. That's okay. in 1011. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that and the thing about the chapel, a lot of historians are like, Meh, maybe. Yeah. Um, and then the first thing that most historians seem to like agree on and be like, yes, this probably did actually happen. It is a real reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, happens in 1199. Okay. Uh, two pilgrims from the island of Britain okay. are visiting Rome doing, you know, pilgrim Thanks. monkey stuff. Yeah. Uh, one of them is uh, Gerald of Wales, and the other one is Gervais of Tilbury. Mm, those are good names. Um, Tilbury is right across the river from where I live. Wow. Yep. They have a Magic. fort. Mm. Yep. Took our parents too. The Tilbury Fort. Anyway, so these two <laughs> British pilgrims uh, in 1199 visit separately, like they're not together. Okay. Um, yeah. They visit Rome separately and separately record accounts of seeing the veil. Okay. Rome. So it's like, it seems because they're separate. Yeah. And they both recorded yep. on their own. It seems like, yes, the veil, at yep. least in 1199, is in Rome. Do they <laughs> talk about they think is a veil. what it looks like? Like do, in that Kind movie? of. Okay. So that would be interesting. So my my thought is one: I don't understand why the historians don't like the record of a of a person who's called the keeper of the veil. Because like, yeah, you don't know what the veil is, but it means that like there's something that they think. I understand them not believing the the whole church thing because like, yeah, it's circumstantial at that point. But there's a person who's called the has, keeper of the veil. I don't think it's that they don't believe. That this person was the keeper of the veil. I think it's more like, was it translated correctly? You know, it's in the Vatican archive, which means it only gets pulled out once every 300 years. So it's not like anyone can go check it constantly. And it's just like somebody made a note of this in 1850 and like it hasn't been checked since then. So everyone's like, I got you. (laughs) We would have to go and check it again, basically. Yeah. Okay. I see. Okay, so these guys, these British pilgrims in 1199, they're like, yes, it's something that is called the Vale of Veronica appears to be in Rome. Okay. Good times. In 1207, so eight years later, Pope Innocent III Mm -hmm. uh, sort of institutes a parade in honor of Veronica through Rome, where they take the veil and they parade it through the streets. 
Okay. Um, and he grants indulgences to those who pray before it, and it becomes like an annual festival parade thing. They do it every mm. year. They take this veil and they take it through the streets. Okay. So presumably, they must have an actual thing that they are taking through the parading streets. that yeah. they at least think is real. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Presumably, so they do that for at least a hundred years. Oh, um, probably probably longer, but it's kind of not clear big. if they keep doing it forever. Yeah. Uh, the next thing is that in sets in twelve oh seven when they start doing that parade. Okay. Fifteen twenty seven, so three hundred ish years later, mm-hmm. uh, Rome is sacked mm-hmm. through a complicated political thing with the Holy Roman Empire and people who are not cooperating. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Rome is sacked. <laughs> Um, and the people who sack Rome, like, they go in and they loot everything, you know, all the treasures yeah. and of the old right. churches and stuff. Um, and the, some records say that the veil was in the Vatican when that happened and it got destroyed in the looting. Okay. And then some records say that it was in the Vatican when that happened and it was stolen, like it was okay. looted. Yeah. And then it kind of just got sold around to random people, people. and organizations yeah. for a while and then got lost. Okay. And then some records say that it was in the Vatican when that happened, but some, you know, priest or worker in the Vatican grabbed it in time and hid it. Yeah. And then the looters never got it. Okay. All reasonable options. All reasonable options, but they don't really know which, which one? one is yep. true. So it could be that it got destroyed in 1527 and that's just the end of it. Mm-hmm. But they don't really know. Uh, it yep. could be that it got out of Rome and is now floating around somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Some, or floating around for a while and then got destroyed. And like then destroyed later, yeah. Or, or it could you know? be that it was still in the Vatican still then in, Vatican. in 1527 yeah. and never left. So. You know what would be funny? What? If it was still in its hiding spot. Well. Oh. We are going to get to that. Okay. <laughs> so. You're like some construction worker in like 2010 <laughs> is like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so this is where. Okay. So from. 1199 when those two pilgrims visit and 1527 when Rome is sacked. It seems pretty likely that the Vatican does definitely have a thing that they think is the Vale of Veronica. Yes. From 1527 when there's all these options of what happened in the sacking, it kind of creates like a tree, you know, a hierarchy of all these like if you go down route A, then these things might have happened. If you go down route B, then like these things might have happened. And there's a lot of options down at the bottom and... It's going to get wibbly and confusing. I have another thought. Yes. I mean, so we've got this whole confusion of, like, Vera Icon, Veronica, etc. But what if, like, all of that started because it actually was the Shroud of Turin? Because uh, the Shroud of Turin doesn't exist yet. In 1500s, it definitely does exist. <laughs> uh, the Shroud of Turin was only made in, like, 1490 or something. The Shroud, the Shroud of, Turin of Turin is not real. Yeah, I know, but... The Shroud of Torin, theoretically, is what was over his face as burial. Yes. So my well, thought the shroud, is... the burial shroud the burial is shroud. a thing. Yes. The yeah. Shroud of Turin is canon- is not real, because it has been carbon dated and isn't old enough. Yeah, I know. But the what would have actually been the Shroud of Torin, the Shroud at the burial, mm-hmm. could be called a Vera Icon. Yes, it could be. So then that is not... A, it's not that it was, like, created by Veronica by, like, touching his face and all that stuff. It's just that it's the burial cloth. Yes, it could be a real image of Jesus and also not be anything to do with a person named right. Veronica. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it is. Yes. Okay, there's a lot of problems. Yes, anyway. <laughs> okay, so 1527, Rome is sacked. Next yeah. thing that happens, 1608, 
Some of the sources say that it was moved to an archive in the Vatican, which, which... implies that they at least still have it. Yes. But maybe okay. they don't, right? Right. Don't know. Um, next thing, 1616, um, Pope Paul V has decided that you're no longer allowed to make copies of it because people had been painting copies of it to sell and whatever. Okay. Which also implies that they must still have it because surely you want copies if the real one is gone. And you yes. can't continue to make copies if the real one has it's been gone, gone for a hundred so years. So theoretically they still have the real one. Yeah, so it makes it sound like they still have the real one. Okay. Uh, that's 1616. 1629, Pope Urban VIII has decided that um, they're going to stop all reproductions altogether, because for a bit you were allowed to make reproductions if you worked for the Vatican. Yeah. It's like kind of a weird special permission thing. And he's like, nope, we're not doing this anymore. And also, we are going to collect up all the existing copies and destroy them. Don't really know why. This makes it sound like at this time they've decided that it's not real. And they're like, everybody's got to stop venerating this thing. Uh, maybe. Because it's, like it's almost like they've decided it's a false icon, you know? Yes. Okay. But at some point, so this is all happening in the sort of early 1600s. Mm-hmm. Sometime in the 1600s, don't know which part, the veil is discovered, like found in a hiding place in the Vatican. In the 1600s? In the 1600s. Before before all this other stuff. Don't know if it's before oh. or after, because this is all okay. in the 1600s, and this, so these it, things like appear in some records yeah. and not in others. And so they say that at some mm. point in the 1600s, the veil was found in a secret relic chamber built by Bernini. Bernini was the person, like the architect and the artist who built mm. the modern St. Paul's Basilica, St. Yeah. Peter's Basilica, that Bernini had built a secret relic chamber into a pillar. And that in the 1600s, they find the veil there. Mm. Okay. So. Question. Wait, so yes. this is the modern, this is what the Basilica is now? The 1600s? Yeah, one? it's the new version. Yeah. Okay. Which so was what, built right around this time. Yeah, but it's what we've got today. Yeah, it's the one we have so now. So is the there a one. chamber and a pillar? <laughs> Apparently, yes. There is a oh. chamber and a pillar. Whether or not anything was, was ever in, in there. Yeah. But there is a chamber and a pillar. Yes. So. <laughs> so. And it's uh, mentioned in the 1600s. So. Yeah. So. Okay. So that's kind of what, as far as they get, like. Okay. So you just kind of hear nothing about it. Um, for a long time, at least a couple hundred years, it seems like the Vatican on the, um, uh, the fifth Sunday of Lent, they mm-hmm. take a veil. Okay. Out of storage in the archives and venerate it in this mass on the fifth Sunday of Lent. Okay. It's unclear if that, if even the Vatican thinks that it's that, if it is the veil or just a copy of the veil. Mm. Like, even the Vatican will not say if they think mm. it's the real one or a copy. Wait, do they still do this? They still do it, yeah. Uh, okay. But it's not like they definitely think this is the real one. Yeah. They won't even commit and say that they think one way or the other. Which makes it sound like even the Vatican thinks that maybe the veil got lost in the sacking in 1527. Yeah, well, it seems like they think it's a possibility, but also, like, well, I guess you don't know. Well, no, you should be able to know, because, like, if you dated one, even an old copy could be from, like, the 1300s or something, but that's not old enough. 
Yes, but also there's no reason to think that this veil existed ever. You know, so if you test it and it says that it's from 900, does that mean that it's a copy or does that mean this is the original veil and just the veil is not is not real, you know? Yeah, like, that's This could true. be the veil that sprouted all the stories, but also yeah. it was never real. It was made in well, the Well, but that would tell you that, like, it's not. Well, well does it, though? It would, or does it? Because you don't. Because it, could, cause be it could be a copy of the real one. So they just, basically, it seems like the Vatican just isn't looking into it. Because there's no way to prove it, basically. I guess unless they date it and it is from, like, zero, then you'd be like, okay. But the likelihood (laughs) of that is not great. (laughs) And it's, I don't know, it's just like a very weird thing where it seems like there's such a gray area in at least the last 400 years of, like, did they have it? Did they get lost? Do they know that it got lost? Like they won't commit, they won't confirm anything about like in the last five hundred years. At any point, do we know anything for sure? But they're still doing this veneration thing on the fifth. They are still doing it. That is curious because you'd think if they're like, we have a lot of questions about the veracity of this thing. Even it sounds like maybe starting in the sixteen hundreds, the church is like very concerned about false false icons so you would think that they would just stop and just be like we're just gonna put it in storage you would think for the historians and just leave it yeah just not bring it out anymore yeah so today today times there are lots of copies you know old-timey you know renaissance copies of this thing that were supposedly made from the original and six of them in particular are very similar like so similar that it's pretty clear that they're all copied from the same thing okay and not like copied from each other yeah, and rather than being copied, for, well, they're all the same age. Uh, oh, okay. Like, so yeah. So, so yeah, all these all seem like they're all copied from the same thing. Okay. Um, and it seems like one of those might be the one that the Vatican is using. Okay. Like some people say that the one the Vatican is using is the real one that these others were copied from, and some and people are saying, just... "No, this is one of the copies." Okay. That's why it looks like the other ones because they're all copies. Right. Which is yeah, fair. Yeah, uh, and they all, if you look up pictures of them, they are all, like, they have the guy's face in the middle, uh, you know, not painted, you know, just, like, dark color, indistinct face, and then they have, like, um, not gold leaf, but, like, really flattened sheets of gold, like, put around his face, so you can't Uh see the whole cloth, you can just see the part with his face on it. Yeah. And all the copies are very similar in that way, which implies that, you know, that is really how the real one was packaged. Right? They all went and saw the same thing. Right. But they have they have no idea <laughs> this thing is real. Um Okay. So that's what the Vatican's doing. They're doing this it's thing. It's a really Sunday weird one. thing, isn't it? I know, it's very strange. Uh so they're doing this thing on the fifth Sunday of Lent with this veil that may be the real one or maybe a copy, and maybe the Vatican knows it is one of those two things, and maybe they don't. They won't commit either way. Mm-hmm. 1999. Mm. A Italian historian theologian dude okay. claims to have found the real veil in a monastery in northern Italy. Okay. What is your evidence for that, my dude? <laughs> well, he's like, it's the right age. It The records, like this monastery has all these records of like, oh, we acquired this thing in, you know, the mid 1500s after the sacking of Rome. Okay. And it looks like all the copies, uh-huh. you know, like it seems like it could be related to all the copies Yeah, and it's old and he, you know, he has decided that this is the real thing. Okay. 
And just like with the one in the Vatican, the Vatican will not commit. Right. Because they will say literally nothing about it. it. it that one could also be a copy. You could just now yeah, have like they six could all copies, be copies instead of five copies or whatever. Yeah, they know? could all be copies. I mean, sure, it's possible that this one in Italy is the real one and it did right. get removed during the sacking and got shuffled around well, and ended up in a monastery. What is his evidence for how old it is? I mean, they won't carbon test them, so it's things like it's woven in the way that it should be woven in. and Which, yeah. I mean, that's also good evidence. Like, that's what it's a lot something. of people would yeah. use. But you yeah. could also just carbon date it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, so, in 1999, probably not. I think that's a little too early for carbon dating, but... No, they would have been able to do it in 1999. It would have been expensive, though. And the, so it's just, it's very confusing. And That's I was weird. looking at this one from 1999 and like, and I'm like, well, if the Vatican thinks that they have one, surely the Vatican would just be like, well, this one in Northern Italy is not real and like, whatever. Right. Right. Like they can't be, there can't be two. Yeah. There is one. And yeah. either the, the one in, Italy, in Northern Italy is real or the one in the Vatican is real. Yeah. Vatican hasn't said anything about it, but in the 2000s, Pope Benedict went to visit the one in it in Northern Italy. Like he went on a pilgrimage to see it. Yeah, I've seen it. I see this picture. Which implies that at least somebody in the Vatican thinks that there's a possibility that this other one is real. Yeah, so it's just like this weird thing that the Vatican won't commit either way, but also you would think that they want this one in Northern Italy to be fake because it means that theirs could be real. But then why would the Pope make a point of going like on a personal private pilgrimage to see the one in Northern Italy if they think it's fake and they have the real one in the Vatican. But also if they know yeah. that the one in the Vatican is fake and that this other one could be real, why, don't they just why not say just that? say that? <laughs> why not just say that, you know, in 1527, something happened. We lost the real one. The one we use in mass is a copy from the Renaissance, you know, mm -hmm. the whole thing is wild and confusing and there is no solution. <laughs> Uh, so I guess people today, like Catholics, Catholic pilgrims, will go to this one in uh, the city is called Montepello in northern Italy. Yeah. And like, you know, venerate it as, as the real one. But also they still use the real one, quote unquote, in mass in the Vatican. I am very confused as to the pictures that I'm looking at because... Well, that's part of the problem is that the copies really are identical. Like, they're all the same. The good ones. Well, I'm confused part of the problem. even... So there's these pictures of the Pope holding one. Mm -hmm. Which is different from a picture of the Pope looking at one. This are the ones where they're like standing in the basilica and holding it up. Yeah. That's the one that the Vatican owns that they use in mass. Okay. And it's just like that black. May or may like you can't real. see anything. Yeah. You can't see it unless you're really close to it. But then there's other ones that look like they're paintings. Well, they all look like they're paintings. Well, except for the black one. The black one you can't exist. see anything. Yeah. But I think that's just because it's dirty. Well, yeah. It's and dirty old. and old. But like. Yeah. So all these ones that look like paintings are theoretically the copies? They yeah, the where same. they have, like, gold around the face. They're all, like, basically the same. I mean, it just looks like a... I think they're framed. Well, so there are, there are copies which are intentionally supposed to look like the thing that they thought was real, right? Those yeah. are the ones with the gold around the face and, like, a thin, dark, like, very indistinct, like, dark smudge in the middle yeah. of their face. And then there are ones... Where artists, as artists, just draw what they think the veil of Veronica might look like. And those are ones where it looks more like this is definitely a person and he has a crown of thorns and you can see all the white of the veil around it. So I'm looking separate. at pictures of ones that are supposedly from 
Manapello. Yeah. But it's not, he's not framed in gold. It's just like a square frame. Right. But the, the real one is framed You in could gold. remove the frame, right? Because it's just something somebody added at some point. Right. A sheet of gold. So it's possible that the one, the real one was on display in the Vatican with a frame of gold. All these artists came in and copied it with a frame of gold. And then it no, got no, removed no, I mean, and they peeled the There's the one off. that's definitely the one in the Vatican that's like the face and like outlining the face is gold. Yeah. Yeah. The one in Montepello is not outlined in gold. Oh, I know. But if the one in Montepello is real, right? Uh, like the real veil that Veronica held was not covered in well, gold, yeah. right? It yeah, was that's just a veil. Right. Somebody added this gold frame later. So I'm just confused possible. as to how they get this face image from the old, <laughs> from the old one. Well, just, and obviously, I mean, like if this one's all black, like obviously these other ones are newer. Like, there's no way. I mean, they, it's just dirty, basically. I think they all need to be cleaned. Mm. It's like any old painting, you know. You see them do a renovation of like a Rembrandt, and it's yeah. like, oh wow, it's, there's a lot of colors. <laughs> and like that could easily have happened in the last 500 years. It might not have looked like that in yeah. 1600. My other problem. We like these ones that look like faces, like actual faces and aren't just black. Is that, like, obviously these aren't real because that's not what people look like. That's a painting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, even if it's a copy from, like, if that's what they, I mean, I guess it's the painting of the time, right? So if you were painting it from the thing, you would paint it as this, even if that's, like. Stylized, yeah. Stylized, yeah. So I guess that doesn't help us. Hmm. Yeah. So basically, it's just a huge mess. And after about 1600, it gets very wibbly. Yeah. And nobody will confirm anything. Yeah. And it's very confusing and weird. And this thing in 1999 with the supposedly real one in Montepello is just not helping. And I'm just very confused by the whole Pope visiting, because he's obviously not looking at one that looks anything like the one that the Vatican has. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, the whole, I think it's wild that he would go and visit it at all. Yeah. Because that implies that the Vatican thinks that theirs is fake. Yeah. Which, if they think it's fake, that's fine, right? right. Like, it's I'm sure fine they have a whole fake. bunch of stuff that's fake. <laughs> yeah, like, that's fine. And I don't even, I don't even personally think it matters if it's fake, as long as you're venerating it for what it represents, you know? Yeah. Like, if you're still, you know, honoring the passion of Jesus or whatever it is, yeah. it doesn't really matter if you have the real one or not. Right. In the same way that we all, you know, people wear crosses, but that's not the actual crucifix. It's just a representation of it. Right. But you would think that if they know it's fake, they would just say, oh, yeah, we know it's fake, but this is the copy we've been using for 500 years and we're just going to keep using it. Yeah. So why would he go and visit this other one and also not say that the one in the Vatican might... They don't even admit that it might be fake. But they also don't say that they think it's real. Yeah, but that's happened before with, like, other relics. Like, they just don't want to talk about it. Yeah, but it's it's wild that it's one that they don't want to talk about, but that they still use in stuff. It's I know, like it's that is in, what confuses me. It's not like it's been in storage for 200 years and they're like, I don't know if it's real or not, we just don't think about it. Yeah. It's like, no, somebody goes and gets it at least once a year. Right. And they do stuff with it. And you would think that somebody would be like, mm, maybe we should look into this. Yeah. Apparently they just don't. That's weird. Uh, so yeah, p- people like historians and theologians are basically just like, they're never gonna, we're never gonna be able to answer this because even if the Vatican knows, it doesn't seem likely that they're going to share it. Right. 
Um, and it's po- also possible that the Vatican doesn't know, but yeah. that the records are somewhere in their archive. Yeah, because it seems that there's a big old archive that nobody ever has looked at. And you're like, why? Yeah, because there's too much. There's too yeah. much. Yeah. Yep. Huh. So that's, you know, this person probably may or may not have existed. <laughs> um, they kind of uh, let her skate through as a saint today, yeah. even okay. though there's really right. no evidence that this happened at all. Um, for a couple of reasons, partially just the thing we've talked about of people venerate her already and it's too yeah. late basically right. to get rid of her. Yeah. Um, she's part of the also, Stations of the Cross. What are you going to do? Yeah, Change the Stations of the Cross? Of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also like, it's one of these things again, where it's like, it kind of doesn't matter if this person did this thing. It's more of just like a representation of empathy and compassion. And yeah, it's, a story. Know, it's like, it's fine. Um, yeah. but in 1844, there was a French Carmelite sister uh, named Sister Marie of St. Peter, mm-hmm. and she had various um, religious visions mm. in her life. And one of her visions was of Veronica wiping Jesus' face. Mm. Um, so, like, you know, if you're going to accept that her visions are real, yeah, and historically, like, these things really happened then the fact that she had a vision of Veronica wiping Jesus's face is like, well, then that must have happened yeah. too. Well, so theoretically, like, well, maybe like even in the vision, it's like a woman wiping his face. Yes. I mean, who knows if like, it's Veronica, but like yeah, at least something like this yeah. did actually happen if it's in her vision. That to me sounds like a, like cognitive bias, you know, like, yeah, me too. You were told uh, this story and then you yeah, attributed it to But uh, if you're going to, I guess they're basically looking at it as we accept all of her other visions so you have to accept that we, one too. Yeah, yeah, we have right. to accept this one too. Um, yeah. So she had that was in 1844, mm. um, and then she is credited as starting the Catholic devotion to the Holy Face of Jesus. Okay. Um, and Catholic devotions are just like sort of specialty prayer groups yeah. of like we are really jazzed about this thing, and we have a variety of prayers and traditions and things that we do to venerate this thing. Right. And so she started this one towards the holy face of Jesus, which is just like literally any depiction of Jesus, you know, any like the Shroud well, of Turin yeah. and this veil and, you know, other things. There are various other ones. Um, and it's just like all of these things together. And now there's, it's like an approved system. It was approved by Pope Leo the 13th in 1885. Yeah. Um, it has its own feast day, which is uh, Shrove Tuesday, the day before Ash Wednesday, uh-huh. is the feast day for this devotion. Um, and in <laughs> 1997, so a couple, just a couple years before the other maybe real veil was found, uh, the International Institute for Research on the Face of Christ was founded in Rome. Okay. It's just a weird random thing. That is a weird random thing. Huh. Yeah. Uh, so, um, since Veronica is important historically and she was in this nun's visions, they just, like, have decided that she can be a saint and it's fine. Yeah. Uh, so she doesn't appear in the Roman Martyrology, which we talked about was the, like, official list. Um, but if you remember, even the Vatican says that the Roman martyrology is not exhaustive and there might be people who are saints but are not on that list. Right. So she's not on that list, but again, doesn't mean she's not a yeah. saint. Um, but she's also never been officially denounced as like, we are officially not. Yeah, because then you have to change the stations of the cross. <laughs> <laughs> 
So she's never been officially added, but she's also never been officially removed. So she kind of just like skates by in the middle of like, yeah, yeah people just don't talk fine. about it too much. Just- yeah. And so her Saint Day, because she gets one because she's a saint kind of, is right. July 12th. Okay. Uh, she is the patron of um, <laughs> a French word, uh, <laughs> uh, Mol- Molquinary, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, which is sort of like a large uh, overarching name for a variety of uh, French weaving and textile craftsmanship practices. Yeah. Sort of which like a big system of textiles production stuff, uh, specifically of linen. Uh, okay. Which presumably is because, like, you know, her old-timey Middle Eastern cloth was linen, linen. her veil. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that's nice. Uh, Veronica is also the patron of photographers because of oh. the <laughs> creating that's images funny. thing and <laughs> also like laundry workers. All right. Which I particularly love because it implies that she is the patron of people who would be responsible for washing the face of Jesus off of her veil. <laughs> She's like, oh, <laughs> man, fun. I got this stuff on my veil. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, today, other than this veil that may or may not be real in the Vatican and the one in, uh, Montepello in Jerusalem, there is a chapel of the Holy Face, which traditionally is Veronica's home. Okay. If she's not a real person, it can't be her right. home, but it is, it is what it is. Yep. Um, but they basically, so this house, um, this chapel is on the Via Della Rosa, which is the, str- like the big street that Jesus walked up to the hill, yeah. uh, Calgary Hill. Which makes um, sense. At least they're being consistent with the story. I mean, yeah, at least it's in the right place. So yeah. basically what it sounds like is she lives on this street and yeah. she came out and stood in front of her house and watched him walk past. Right. Uh, so this house is not just where she lived, but it's also kind of the site of the miracle because she's just standing in front of her right. own house. Yeah. So there's a chapel there now. It's a very cute chapel, actually. It's like little and small and made of stone and nice and cute. And I don't know. I like it. Okay. Um, but so, yeah, that's what they have. I have another thought. Yeah. So theoretically, the real mm-hmm. shroud has blood and sweat on it. Yes. I mean, yeah. Theoretically. Theoretically. So that's, like, another thing to test for, right? Because, like, yeah, if you just carbon date it, it could be an old fake. But the yes. real one should have blood on it. Yes, but how could... I mean, you can get blood from anybody. Yes, but at least you know it's got <laughs> blood on Because the, the fake ones won't have blood on them, right? They'll be... Well, paint. they could. Well, they should theoretically be paint, but I guess not. I guess they, they also think blood, uh, something somebody, like, casually mentioned that I didn't look into... Was that the thing about Jesus having the crown of thorns? Yeah. Wasn't added till the Middle Ages either. Mm. So he wouldn't have had necessarily had blood on his face. That's true. So the whole thing is just the whole thing is a mess. And I really thought this was going to be an easy one about some nice lady who did something nice and small in the Bible. And just the whole thing fell apart. Yeah. Well, we will definitely be posting pictures of this shroud. Yes. I am kind of not a fan because even what I think I can see in it doesn't look like a human. So, yes. Well, the thing this is the same problem I have with the Shroud of Turin mm-hmm. um, is that much as I would love for these things to be real because I think that would be spectacular. Yeah. Just like even if it was real, it wouldn't be a perfect picture. You know, these are right. like perfectly mirrored. He has both of his cheekbones and yeah. both of you know both of his eyebrows, both of his jawlines. Whereas if this really happened, it would be like all smudged it and would crap, be white. and like half of it yeah. would be missing. And it wouldn't. Yeah, be an image. it would be crap. 
yeah, yeah. it would be bad. You're, the way but you want, you don't just, perfect. like, put your face into something and then, like, take it off. That won't wipe your face off. <laughs> no, unless so. you're using extremely expensive skincare. Right, yeah. Like, <laughs> you're supposed to pat it gently. Yeah, but that's not what was in. happening yeah, during no, the crucifixion that's not what Jesus, Jesus was doing on the way to Calgary. It help. would just be, like, wiped. Like a handkerchief, yeah. you know, like. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah. This whole thing is, it's just a mess. Right. Uh, huh. Yeah. I found, I found one, <laughs> one unrelated, non-religious fun fact. Um, so in Spain, mostly when they do bullfighting, you know, they have that yeah. red cloth that they use. Yeah. The most common move, the one where you see most often where the guy like holds it out beside him and sort of wiggles the cloth at the bull, yeah. that move is called a Veronica because it's a similar, I guess in the old Renaissance paintings of her, she's often holding her veil like that. Weird. And so now that move is called Veronica. Super weird. Okay. That's great. So, yeah. Strange. Uh, sources... A variety of Wikipedias for St. Veronica, Apocrypha, the Veil of Veronica, uh, Mary of St. Peter, the Holy Face of Jesus, Archaeopoeta, maybe, uh, Gervais of Tilbury, Gerald of Wales, uh, the Old St. Peter's Basilica, and the New St. Peter's Basilica, and the Sacking of Rome in 1527. Um, and then also uh, in trying to sort out what the hell is going on with this veil in the last 400 years, um, uh, the Central Minnesota Catholic, uh, St. Peter's Basilica Online, uh, theholyface.org, Catholic News Agency, um, and catholics.com. It's just, it's just so confusing. And it's so, also part of the problem is that people, especially non-Catholics, clearly like the drama and the mystery. Yeah. And they're kind of like... It's very History Channel. Hyping it up to be very conspiracy theory-ish. Yeah. It's which nice. makes it hard to extract what right. is like definitive facts and what is somebody guessing and what is completely made up right yeah which is not helpful i like though all the stuff of like we have really old records that the that rome definitely thinks like vatican definitely thinks that they had it yes like, it seems like, like they until about the mid 1500s it seems like they at least thought they really did have the thing yeah whether or not they did doesn't matter they really thought they did yeah and now it's like, maybe this thing is still the thing, but even the copies are weird. And it's kind of like, it's probably like they didn't actually have the thing, especially with all the other stuff of like, she doesn't exist. So, yeah. But I wonder like where it came from in the first place, you know, like even if it is not real, it came from like the 400s or something like. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it and that's from. like, it's such a big thing to decide to fake, you know? It is. Because, like, if you decide to fake having the bones of St. Peter, you could be like, well, I have this body and I recovered it from here and here and here. And that, like, kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. And, like, his bones could be somewhere, so it's not impossible that you have them. But, like, to just invent a whole new thing, story and relic. And yeah, like, especially yes, a story happened. that doesn't exist. Yeah, and for people to be like, you're just making that up. Right. Because <laughs> I've never heard this story before yeah. and you clearly just made it up. Because that would make sense. Like, oh, if this was actually a story, people would want to find that, right? Yeah. Kind of like the Shroud of Torn. People want to find the burial cloth, right? But yeah. But this isn't a story, so... Yeah, it's not a story before Very the... weird. Like, the first millennium-ish. I mean, beyond it being this woman who touched his cloak, which is really right. a very different story. That's a different, completely different story, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. The whole thing is weird and confusing and mystery-ish. Strange. Don't like. Yeah. 
Well, what they should like- get is they should get an eager young priest who's doing a doctorate in history to yes. go sit in the archives and look through everything and try to find the answers because mm-hmm. it's got to be written down somewhere. Yep. And, you know, it's not necessarily, I feel like, especially non-Catholics would see it as like a malicious, the Vatican won't confirm or deny, whereas it's much more likely that they have millions of records so much stuff. that nobody has yeah. looked at in hundreds of years yeah. and they don't have I the mean, resources to document properly. all you have to do is think about how many times just like museums in the u.s are like wow we found this thing in our, in our collection yeah, and they've only existed for 200 years and they they have forgotten that they had this thing like yeah because it never got put in the doc in the right. database so like and like the vatican doesn't even have a database they have a guy with a book probably right yeah like, they might have a database, but they have a database of all the things that people have, like, since 2004 pulled out of the thing, right? Yeah. So, like, yeah, somebody if no in no one's looked at it since 2004, then we don't know if we have it or not. Right, yeah. Like, if somebody didn't physically pull it out and look at it then, then it may or may not be here. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds, it's, yeah. yeah, it's very likely. So, you, you need an eager young PhD priest to go do his doctoral degree yeah. on the records of the Vale of Veronica I mean, and dig through it all. The other possibility is that they do, quote unquote, know in the sense that somebody has already done that and they don't have a conclusion. Like, there's no way yeah, that's also possible. to conclude anything. So then the Vatican's like, well, yeah. what are we supposed <laughs> to do now? We, we tried to confirm it and we couldn't either way. So Come see this fun thing. That might be the veil of Veronica, but might also not. might not be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yep. Well, that was fascinating and confusing. Yep. I do and- really like... The secret chamber in a pillar, though. I love yeah, me the too. secret chamber. I love that. Me too. That's I don't really understand thing. how you could forget something like that. Also, I don't well, think that... I think they rediscovered it not that long after the building was built. It wasn't like hundreds of years later. It was like 50 years later. Right. <laughs> also, where did the builder get it from? Uh, what do you mean, the builder? If you put it in there. Oh, well, presumably, Bernini builds the building. Yeah. And somebody knows that there is a... a cabinet here yeah like some you know all the priests know that there's a cabinet there and then this the looting happens and somebody shoves the thing in there and the looters don't know that it's there and then all the priests get killed by the looters and then nobody so not no one remembers that it was there yeah yeah that's what i thought and that's how it gets to like the 1600s supposedly yeah um yeah i mean the vatican must just have so much nifty stuff that no one's ever gonna know about yeah yeah but yeah, well, I'm glad that this okay. uh, very unsatisfying story. Yep. Uh, I'm glad I got to dump it on you instead of having to keep it in my own head. We will post pictures of the stuff and label them and you can contemplate yep. this weird thing um, yourself yep. on our Instagram. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for listening. If you didn't hear last week's episode, we have now, uh, there is now the possibility of rating and reviewing on Spotify. So if you could do that, that would be delightful. Yeah. And next week will be, or the next two weeks from now will be kind of a weird episode, uh, but hopefully you guys enjoy it. And then I guess a month from now, four weeks from now, we'll have another saint. Yep. So we will see you all later. See ya.